Hello from the members of Royce City Methodist Church. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you're blessed by this message today. You're invited to join us for worship anytime. You can learn more about our worship options, locations, and how to get plugged into the life of our church by visiting our website, RoyceCityMethodist.life. Today, we hear from our senior pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So, so next week we are uh, concluding our series on the Gospel of Mark, and I hope you have enjoyed going through uh, the Gospel of Mark together, because the Gospel of Mark is, is full, and it's rich, and it is fast, and it reminds us of, of who Jesus is and, and why it is that we, we come here so that we are connected to Jesus and connected to all that he has done and all that he will continue to do in our lives. So as we prepare to get started, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Oh God, as we are reminded from the song that the praise team sang before this moment, your grace is amazing. And your grace holds us together. And your grace strengthens us, encourages us. So even in the midst of trying and difficult times, we know that you are there. We know that we have access to you because of who you are. So Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here Be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, one of the things that I want us to remember (coughs) as we go through the gospel of Mark is that our faith is not something that we are to keep silent. Our, Our faith is something that we are to share because we have this great and amazing grace that God has gifted us. But I also want you to remember one important thing about grace. As Dallas Willard would say, grace is not opposed to effort, it is opposed to earning. And what I mean by that is that, that grace is an attitude, or earning is an attitude. You know, when, when I think that I can earn something, that then I get what's coming to me. And we know that's not what grace is. We, we don't deserve the grace that we receive. But effort, that that is an action. The grace that we receive from God calls us to, to go out and be active in the world around us. Grace calls us to, to share what God has done for us, what God has done through us, and what God does around us. We, we come to our scripture today, which uh, it, it's kind of a tucked away scripture. A- and what I mean by that, it is a part of a, another story. Maybe a better way to say it, it's an interruption. Jesus was going with Jairus to his house because his 12-year-old daughter was sick. And as Jesus was headed that way, 
this, this little interruption happened. So I invite you to follow along with the words of Scripture that you can find written on the screen, or you can follow along in your Bibles if you would like, as we hear from Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Hear the word of the Lord. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And at once, Jesus realized the power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see, the people crowding around you, his disciples answered, and yet you can ask, who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his, at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Jesus is surrounded. There, there, there are multitudes around him trying to get close to him, trying to hear him, trying to, to, to maybe have an audience so maybe Jesus can heal them. But we have this one woman. As the scripture says, she has been suffering for 12 years with this, this bleeding disorder. And, and, and we probably know, and the scripture says that she tried all the doctors, she's tried all of the, the healing uh, mechanisms that were available to her to, to no avail. So when she heard Jesus was in town, she thought, this is it. Maybe, maybe this time, I, I, if I just touch Jesus, or, or even just touch a little bit, or a little part of his clothing, I will become healed. In 2019, I uh, took my second trip to the Holy Land, and, and this trip to the Holy Land was a blessing because uh, I remember when we were going to Capernaum, uh, when I went uh, over 14 years ago now, we, we drove by this place. You could tell that there was this excavating that was happening. And, and they were saying that this is the town of Magdala. Now, Magdala is the place where Mary Magdalene came from, but it's also an important place because it is on the road from Nazareth to Capernaum where Jesus laid and had his residence from where Jesus was, was lived as a little child all the way to the place where he lived a lot of a time while he was around the Sea of Galilee. But, but they were saying that they found like some antiquities. They found some places. And when we went back four years ago, we actually got to see a lot of the excavation. We saw the, 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 temp, the synagogue that was there and the, the seat where the teacher would teach. And then down the road a little bit, they, they built a church in honor of Mary Magdalene. But, but in that church, down in the basement, there was a chapel. And in that chapel, they had this painting behind the altar. It's a painting of the woman reaching out to touch 
Jesus' clothing to, to receive that healing. And then I went ahead and zoomed in just a little bit more so you can actually see what was happening here. You see all of the feet and the crowd around him as they were, they were moving through this time and just this, this short, little, small touch. And, and, of course, the artistic rendering of the spark that happened whenever she touched this little part. It's interesting to me that when we look at what she was actually touching, well, well we like to think that she's touching the, the hem of the robe or the hem of his garment. It wasn't that. It was probably what's called the, the titsit, which is the fringe that is on the bottom of the prayer shawl. Now, this prayer shawl is something that any believer or any Jewish rabbi or, or any Jewish person would, would have because it was, uh, it was told that you must wear this to remind yourself of what God has done throughout the history of all of the Jewish people. And, and this titsit was four different corners that were braided together. And then these braids were a reminder. And I love what it's supposed to remind. Last week we talked about all of the different rules and all of the regulations that they had in Jewish scripture and the Torah. There were 613 laws. Well, these four gatherings represented the 613 laws that the Jewish people followed that were in Torah. And as I looked at this picture and as I read the scripture, I thought how beautiful it is that the thing that this woman touches to get close to Jesus represented the law that said that she was unclean. Represented the law that said that she wasn't even supposed to get close to other people or else she would make them unclean. But, but because she had this faith, she had this idea that if I can just get in close to Jesus, then I would be healed. Looking at this passage, I can't help but think about the interruptions, the interruption that Jesus has as he was going from one place to another, the interruption that, that Jesus had that, that kept him from going to doing the thing that he was supposed to do. But if you look at all the Gospels, the Gospels are full of interruptions. Jesus, earlier as we were talking about the, the friends who lowered their friend through the roof, Y'all, that was a big interruption, not only for Jesus as he was teaching, but for the homeowner as they were going through the roof. Jesus had other interruptions. He was interrupted whenever he would try to go away and, and spend time in quiet with his father, time in meditation. The, the disciples would start looking around, and they would try to reach out and find him as he was trying to be alone. Jesus was interrupted by the woman who poured the perfume on his feet. All of these interruptions pointed to a particular and amazing sense of ministry, an amazing sense of, of what God was getting ready to do. And I think it's important for us to think and remember 
about the interruptions that we have in our lives. C.S. Lewis talked about interruptions in a letter he wrote. As he wrote, the great things, if one can, is to stop regarding all the unpleasant things as interruptions of one's own or real self or real life. The truth is, of course, that what one calls the interruptions are precisely one's real life. The life God is sending one day by day. What one calls one's real life is a phantoms of one's own imagination. Think about that. The interruptions that we have in our life, that is real life. The, the, the interruptions that we receive, that is where we need to be right there, right then, being open to what it is that God has for us in that moment. When I look back at my ministry, my ministry has been full of interruptions. And I am thankful for those interruptions. But I will admit that there are times that I ignore those interruptions or I minimize those interruptions. And I do that because why? Well, I'm too busy. If I don't get what it is that I need to get done right now, then the, then the day is a waste. But I know those times that when I listen to those interruptions, when I listen to those opportunities to be available and open to those around me, there is a blessing that I receive. His name was Bill. Not really, but I'm just going to say Bill. And uh, he called me once. His wife was not doing well. And Bill reached out to me, and I talked with him. And while we were talking, I, I can hear the worry in his voice and the understanding that he was really worried about his wife. I was, I was in a hurry. I, I, I was busy. And so I said to myself, you know, I, I'll just listen here for a little bit, and, and then I'll do the pastor thing. I'll, I'll say a prayer, and then, then that'll fix it. That'll make everything okay. And I did that. Then I got another text, just more worried about his wife, more worried about the situation that they're in. And then another text and another text. Well, I, I, I just can't answer it right now. I, I, I can't do anything right now. They're, they're so far away. But as I allowed this interruption to be a part of my life, I realized that there was a, a ministry moment there. Not, not a moment for me to say, well, look what I did which may sound like I'm doing right now, and I don't mean to be doing that, but it was a way that I know that I have the opportunity to reach out to someone who is hurting. I have the opportunity to reach out to somebody who is upset 
worried, not sure about what is going to happen the next day. I wish I could say that when I had that feeling or that moment that I got into the car and I went, but I didn't. Am I praying for them? Yeah. Will I, will I reach out as soon as I can? Absolutely, I will. But, you know, God's teaching me through this interruption that, that God's people are important. God's people need to be listened to. God's people need to be heard. God's people just need that presence. Maybe you're dealing with an interruption in your life right now. Maybe you feel like if, if, I, if I can just put it aside for a little bit and I can get all of my stuff done, then, then things will be okay. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't say, well, let me, let me go take care of Jairus' daughter because she's to the point of death. That's kind of important. And, and I'll, I'll be back. No, Jesus reached out and he did, I think, the most remarkable thing that it comes to the point of this story. Jesus looked at this woman who was suffering for 12 years and he called her daughter. That's huge. That, 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 that is a, a big statement. It is such a big statement that this is the only time that we hear Jesus call a woman daughter. It, it, it brings a part of a new humanity. It's not woman, why are you doing this? But it's saying daughter, I want you to hear how valuable you are. I want you to hear how important you are. You aren't just somebody in the crowd that's trying to reach out for healing. You are a beloved child of God. And God hears you. And God is reaching out to you. And God is healing you. It's so easy in our world today to think of those people, you see what I did right there? Those people as those people. And not realize the people that we see on the streets, the people we may see crying in a restaurant or in a, uh, a, a, a office or whatever as just people. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to look at people the same way that Jesus looked at people. We are called to, to look at people and say, you are a daughter of the king. You are a son of the king. And what the king wants from you is the best that he can give to you. And at that moment for this woman, the thing that she needed the most was the healing that only Jesus can provide. But, you know, the healing wasn't something that Jesus did. He, he didn't claim the healing of something that he did, but it was because of her faith. 
It was her faith that made her well. Her taking that, that step to, to touch. And I love looking at the Greek word for touch. It, it, it means more than just, just that, that tapping thing. You know, when you have a kid or a grandkid that wants something and they just... That's not the touching that we see here in Scripture. But the touching means that it is a fastening to or, or clinging to. So what Jesus was saying, your faith has clung to me. Your faith has, has wrapped around me. And because your faith has done that, and you have this unwavering faith, you, my daughter, are healed. I know that we have a lot of people in our church right now that are dealing with medical issues, diagnoses that are very, very grim. And I'm not saying that your healing will be of a full bodily healing where that everything is totally gone, but I think the healing that God has for us if we just cling to him is the understanding that God is with us. That in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our difficulties, God is there. Jesus took the time to listen intently to the woman as she was sharing all of the things that she did. I'm sure she listed all of the different ways that she tried, and Jesus didn't push her away and said, okay, well, you're healed, so let's just keep going. Jesus listened and cared and, and had his life wash over her. And at the end of the line, when Jesus finally healed her, she was freed. She was freed because she was in relationship with the master. I was looking through different translations of this, and there is an author by the name of N.T. Wright who has a series of books called uh, like Mark for Everyone. And I was looking through that, and as I was reading the way that he translated the scriptures, he ended the wor words with this, the woman's faith rescued her. Wow. That kind of gives it a different light, doesn't it? It's not just a healing that she received. It was a full-on-out rescuing because her life, because of Jesus, is totally different now than it was before. For being having to hide, or having to, to stay away from people, worrying about if I'm going to make somebody unclean, that is now gone. That, that is now no longer a part who she is. She has been rescued by Jesus. And my friends, if there is anything in the world that I pray for you is that you are rescued by him too. That you experience a full and healed and restored life with Jesus as your Savior. So the life that you had before is no longer the life that you live in, but you dwell 
in the grace of God and in his presence and in his mercy. My hope and my prayer is that while we may not have a full bodily healing, if that's what we want, but we are fully restored and know that God loves us and that Jesus saves us and that the Holy Spirit sustains us. Let us pray. Oh God, you are good to us. And Lord, I know that sometimes when we go to you in prayer, we may start up our prayer, God, I don't want to interrupt you right now. But if, if you could, that's not how you call us to pray. When we come to you, we know it is not an interruption. When we come to you, we know that you want to look us in our eyes and call us by who we really are. Children of God, redeemed ones in whom you love, those that you dwell in and those that you delight. Lord, remind us again that, that as you dealt with the interruptions in your life, you, you didn't get short, you didn't get upset, you didn't get frustrated, but you loved. And so God, I, I just pray right now, wherever we may be in this room or, or watching, I pray over the interruptions in our lives that those moments are, are used for your glory and your good. The, the real life that we think we're missing is not the real life at all, but it is the life we are in right here and right now. Give us your peace. Help us to walk like you walked. Help us to be open as you were open. And help us to look at our sisters and brothers and say, because of Jesus, your life is different. Because of Jesus, you have that wholeness in him. Because of Jesus, your faith has made you well. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, in the presence of Jesus, and in the power of Jesus. Amen.